Second shorthanded goal of the season. Marner has the other. Now here's Mikheyev breaking in alone in a goalie scores! Ilya Mikheyev, another shorty, and the Maple Leafs have a two to nothing lead. Ilya Mikheyev scored. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. Oh man, it was long break, but we're back. Hockey's back. Happy it's 2022 great. to both of you bozos. You podcast bozos. To, uh, ring in the new year, right? Eh? Love it. It was good to have the Leafs back. I So I'm in this, you know, not working right now and just like, not that I'm unemployed. I'm, I'm employed. I'm just not working right now. And uh, <laughs> like not knowing what day it is kind of thing. And just keep being like, I don't know when the Leafs are playing again. Like it'll be in like 10 days. And I saw that that Carolina game was postponed. So I didn't even know the one that was happening last night was happening until like the day before, basically. So that was a welcomed, uh, uh, a, a, a nice welcome back for the Maple Leafs playing their first game in something like two and a half weeks. The uh, and- Senators gave them a rather nice welcome back. They didn't make it too hard on them. I was a little worried, like, oh, maybe the Leafs are rusty. And it's like, didn't matter. Yeah. So we stomped them. So a quick recap of, of what's gone on since we did our Christmas special and the last time that we talked. So the Leafs um, got, as well as, the rest of you know the NHL and major sports and the entire world as we know it got ravaged by that evil witch Omicron. Om- Omicron. Um, it just refuses to go away. And took out what was it? Fourteen players. How does more than that? Fourteen players for <laughs> on, a our time. <laughs> on our team. Like a hundred plus players league wide. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just on the Maple I- Leafs alone went from being like like. The Leafs were, you know, it felt like we were spared for so long, knock on wood, right? That all of last season, no outbreaks. And then here comes the Leafs with one of the worst ones uh, uh, in the entire league. And um, after the but win last it, night, I mean, if so if the Leafs come out and lose last night, I think this would have been a sweat and buckets pod. I disagree. Nah. I, I, I kind of even looked at the win last night and I, and I look at it. It's like, eh, how much can you really take away from it? It's been like, it's a really rusty game for both teams. Ottawa was missing a bunch of players. We had a bunch that are like just coming back or it like, I don't know. I, I feel like the game itself, it's fun winning six, nothing. I'm never going to discount a, a big win. And it was a good win too. Like we dominated them, but I, I don't take too much away from the game in that this is the real deal. We're going to win the rest of the games. Like, I don't, I don't think it was too much of a, an indicator of what this team is or what Ottawa is moving forward. I, I yeah. don't know. Like, so I say, I say I would have been nervous because I remember just last season, the handful of teams that had massive outbreaks and coming back and looking horrible. And I guess we'll see right over the next few days. It's kind of weird because everybody had outbreaks, right? And everybody's mm-hmm. maybe getting back at the same time. And it's maybe evens the playing field a little bit. Um, but right yeah, now, I think it's, go ahead. I was going to say it's, it's a little different. Like last year, like the Delta outbreaks really were a lot worse than this Omicron outbreak. Not to say in, that like in terms of symptoms, matter, you mean in terms of symptoms, like yeah. even like a lot, I think a lot more of the players were even asymptomatic. So like they tested positive, but wouldn't really have known they had it otherwise. That's um, yeah. That's the vibe that I get because we've all seen stuff over the last few weeks. We were talking about it in the chat the other day. We're like, there's a handful of players and organizations that are now calling for like, they want no testing unless they're symptomatic. And it, because it seems like right. Teams were looking at it. Like I wouldn't have even known I had this if I didn't get tested for it. And now my team, I'm having to miss games and my team is, you know, put in a worse situation because I'm not there. 
right? That's kind of the yeah. It it's pretty hard because like who who knows like how much you can spread it when you're like asymptomatic. But at this point, it's just like oh, everyone's on the team is gonna get it, so it's just a matter of time. Which I don't know about that, but the Leafs have all gotten it already, so maybe we're good. Yeah, I was watching the game with my mom last night, and you know, because so now there's also no fans in the building at Scotiabank no. Arena, which sucks. Yeah, but sucked. that sucks so much. But and they had to they had to bust out the old dust off the the seat cover things, you know, mm-hmm. um, they apparently up to a thousand people can be in the building. And so out of the thousand important people uh, in the GTA, they picked Dart Guy and uh, in, in Carlton, the bear, <laughs> there was the guy who just has a, a really good Leafs basement, I guess, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which I thought was funny because it's like of all the people that are fine watching it from home, it's Leafs basement guy. <laughs> congratulations uh, it, was, it was crazy how much you noticed the lack of fans right away i remember early on we got a, a scoring chance i don't even it wasn't like the big biggest scoring chance but it's just the kind of thing that you know you sit back in a chair and you're like oh and you're used to hearing you know twenty thousand fans go oh and it was just silent and you're like oh well this is kind of boring <laughs> it, it just sucks it, it, it's amazing how much of an impact they have on like my viewing experience i can't even imagine the players like getting yourself engaged when you have this great chance and it's just silence in the building Mm -hmm. other than dart guy screaming his head off (laughs) um let's talk about the game a little bit though i mean some awesome moments last night first of all Ilya mikheyev coming back with uh his first two goals in probably like a year due to all of his injuries I mean, he's only played two games in the last year (laughs) oh okay yeah and uh uh scoring a pair of shorties uh, with Ilya Mikheyev getting the, the, the second one of, which was what you guys heard on the intro. But what I loved about that, and I, I'm, I'm going to take things away from this game. I don't care what you have to say, Ryan. All right. <laughs> it's a new year. I still don't care what you have to say. Hey, it's a game. It's one of the 82. But Ilya Mikheyev scoring um, on, he, he must have had two dozen chances like that last year, right? Mm-hmm. 19. On the, penalty, on the penalty kill. Wait, actually, you have that stat, Tim? Oh, are you questioning whether i have these stats why do you have that stat oh i know these things <laughs> that was great though right like like here's a guy who mikhaev is maybe one of the streakier players on the maple leafs it would appear and uh he's on he's on a heater right now so that's awesome i mean whether or not i take anything away from the game doesn't matter as much as whether the players are going to take something away from it and i think both mikhaev and justin hall really needed this game a game that they could look back and say man i was rocking at this game i can do that again i'm a great player like get the confidence back and and go out and do it again and and for justin hall especially i i I like a hall even more so than mikhaev because i think mikhaev always knew he could do that i think that's why he wanted the trade so he can go and do that consistently on another team where he constantly gets those opportunities but but with hall all season he's just been rough and and just lacking something and and even though a goal isn't necessarily his forte i think that he needed that and and i think that we're going to see a little more pep in his step moving mm. forwards mm. Uh, i hope so I, I, the on Ilya mckayev's second goal which was a, a power play chance where keith gives the second power play unit the first look and they reward him with the goal i was just kind of laughing because it was the pass from behind the net uh, over to McCabe. I can't remember who made the pass and he just has a wide open net to shoot it in. And all I could think of in that moment is I would miss that. 
<laughs> I feel like I've been put in that situation a dozen times in beer league. And I don't know. I just probably <laughs> shoot it wide. Cody shot wide. Steven shot wide. Um, I, I guess one other uh, thing from last night to note is it was Mitch Marner's first game back in the lineup yep. in at least a month. Also sand Sandman. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. After the egregious penalty, hope you're. Uh, oh my goodness, let's not get <laughs> my blood t- okay. blood pressure starting to go up. We'll leave, that, we'll leave that in 2021. But I would say, I mean, I noticed. I, I I didn't notice Marner really in those first two periods. Definitely a quiet start, and then he was heating up in that third period. Had a really nice pass to Bunting in front of the net, um, where I think Marner could have even shot it too. But he's still that guy. And, uh, <laughs> right. He had like, like nobody in front of him, just, just him and, and Matt Murray, who's the, uh, um, food equivalent of Swiss cheese in net right now. And, uh, <laughs> no, he's still going to pass it over to, um, bunting for the potential goal and doesn't go in, but I noticed Marner earlier on the game, but I, I noticed that I, I think he was probably a rustiest player. Like he, there's a number of times where he just should have shot and went for that extra pass, which ended up going to nobody or he went for the pass and it never made it there. And it's just things that Marner's always done that he wasn't doing. And I would attribute that to, to rustiness. I'm not hitting the sweat and buckets button on Marner just yet. But the one thing that I did see for Marner, which, which it might just be attributed to the rustiness and we'll see moving forwards, but I didn't like Marner on that top unit power play at all. I, I think that I, I like Kasha up there better or Spezza. Like I, mm. I, I'm, I think I want five players who will shoot the puck. I see Marner get it, and all of a sudden, all four defenders go cover a guy, leave Marner alone. He's either going to walk in and put it in the goalie's chest or try and pass it to a guy who's covered. And it's, it's just, it's not great. And I don't know if that's going to get better, but that's what I noticed last night because the, the those refs were breathing into their whistles last night <laughs> all the penalties going our way and we got so many looks and their top unit didn't look that threatening and and i attribute a lot of that to marner not being great with the puck it's like fi- figures that the game against ottawa when we don't need the power plays the refs say see we help you out sometimes like uh-huh <laughs> let us know how that goes when we face boston but i i think it's like our top our big four obviously nylander found his way by the the third period but like Matthews didn't have the most exciting of games. Tavares didn't have like I would say all three of those guys were a little slow coming back, um, which I, I attribute that more to the power plays. I say struggles. We've seen far worse power plays than what we saw last night. Okay, um, but I, I would I would say Marner on the power play is kind of similar to to be McKay. You say, oh, he had 19 chances last year, didn't score. Let's take him out. Marner, it's like, oh, he has hasn't scored it's actually probably been a year and a half since Marner last scored on the power play it's which ridiculous. is ridiculous like that ridiculous. is ridiculous um i don't know i wouldn't take Marner off the top power play yet cuz he's so good with those passes yeah but you are you are right that it's just a little too predictable he either has to start shooting but start shooting good no, in the past cut, when the Go ahead, Stephen. Well, I was going to say you're 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 kind of right. Where like he's he's predictable, and nobody else on that power play is predictable, right? Like like Austin Matthews has his signature shot, and he's going to try to make that. But like he can score in a variety of different ways. But it it makes me think of last year, uh, maybe those two years ago with Cody CC, and where like it's it's a guy you're not even going to cover because you're not worried about a shot mm-hmm. on the on the, on the power play. I, I don't know. Maybe we're we're overanalyzing it because the power play was on on a heater go before the break. And Mitch but Marner it was on was a heater without Marner. Oh, like Kasha yeah, right. was up there, totally and it was right. great. You're totally right. 
and, and like I, I think that if the power play starts to go cold or you're looking to shake something up, like the, the first guys that you bring off that power play has always been Tavares or Nylander or both of them. And I think it needs to be Marner. Mm. I, I think that ha- having a guy out there who can't shoot and like it's not even though um, Riley has been really good this year, he's not really a goal scorer on that power play either. And you can't, I think that you need more offensive threats on that power play. So I don't know. That's again, it's the first game back. It's his first game back. I, I thought he was pretty rusty, so I'm not willing to pull the shoot yet. But that was my biggest takeaway from Marner. That <laughs> one, that I, I don't know about the power play for him. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk well, about the lineup a little bit last night? Yeah. So that, that, that is a story. Like yeah. our for all of our forwards were healthy for the first time all year. <laughs> which is crazy that's insane um and it's a stacked. It, it feels like a stacked group when they're all there like i love looking at at the at the depth chart and seeing Ilya mikhayev's name on that third line because next to the chemistry that cam and kasha have together it doesn't force kerfoot to be anywhere but that second line left wing where i feel like we all think he's best yeah and what what a top nine specifically what a top nine well mikhayev like again one game sample size like it's not very big <laughs> but but if Mikheyev can return to form for what he was in that rookie season where he actually doesn't have stone hands and he can pot the puck at the back of the net that third line of Mikheyev, Camp, and Kasha can score goals and if you have a line like that that's e- elite defensively like they are like Camp has proven he's one of the elite defensive centermen in the, in the whole league at this point if that line could also bring something going the other way and you have three lines that's in score and then your fourth line has guys like Jason Spezza on it, you're setting yourself up for success. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's I mean, then there's also the elephant in the room of like, man, these these 12 forwards look fantastic. Oh, wait a minute. We have a two and a half million dollar forward <laughs> not on the bench. Man, we were all in a good mood. No, let's talk about it. Two and a half million dollar forward. And how dare you call no, it? No, but I mean, like, here's the thing: we we look at those lines, and say, "Man, these are four great lines." Like, no one looks like out of place. Like, we we talk about the great nine, but like, you look at the like the full twelve. Like, Spezza, Simmons has looked great this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see about next year. I don't know about that second year, but at least this year he's looking great. Spezza is always a favorite, and Engvall. I mean, Engvall didn't necessarily stand out that much last night, but like, he didn't look out of place. At he least. didn't look out of place. And then so you say, like, where is where does Nick Ritchie fit? Well, it felt like the, yesterday when we were talking about it because we were like, oh, OK, everybody's eligible and healthy to come back on the forward group. Who do you take out? And we're all like, oh, it's probably going to be Engvall because we just don't think it's going to be Rich, Richie. Right. And they do mm-hmm. it. Right. And he's not in there and they win 6-0. Um, but so, they didn't win 6-0 off the back of Engvall. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that that was necessarily a big factor in that 6-0 win. I don't know. It's just like, are we all in agreement though that that Engvall is a better NHL player right now than Nick Ritchie? Upside aside, I mean, all that stuff. It, just like you, you need a good player to slot somewhere in the lineup. It should be Engvall over Nick Ritchie. Yeah, I mean, I think their their play styles are kind of debatable between the two of them. But the fact that Engvall is half the price of Nick Ritchie makes it just not close. That I would rather have him on our team. But here's where it's difficult. Engvall is currently performing like at his ceiling. 
Like you're not going to see better than Engvall at like Engvall's never going to be a third liner on a like cup qualifying team. Like he he's our fourth liner. That's what he's going to be. We brought in Nick Ritchie because we believed he could be better than a fourth liner. Like we believed he could play on our top line mm-hmm. with Matthews and Marner. So so yeah, I would probably agree that if we were playing playoff games right now, Engvall would be in my lineup. But if I had to like pick between one of the two of them to be on my team i don't know it's hard to say that you're gonna walk away from richie who i'd believe it if he went to another team and all of a sudden looked like he belonged in the top nine or top six or something like like there's a reason why you brought him in and paid him two and a half million didn't we talk about though that he's never even scored 20 goals in the nhl before so like how how good how good is that right like like him going to some other team it's like oh we could have had that right like tw- twenty goals is is yeah but nothing. he's he's not the Austin Matthews on the line he's the Zach Hyman on the line right yes. like that's what you brought him in to be you brought him in to be that that complement piece and if you could have someone play in your top six for only two and a half million you know you're golden that's why Michael Bunting is such a such a joy right now, like 900,000 for someone to play on your top line. That's unbelievable. And that's what we were hoping Nick Ritchie could be obviously for a little bit more. And it just hasn't worked out. And, and again, like I agree, he's, he hasn't lived up to it. We've, we've ravaged Nick Ritchie on this, on this podcast over the year. There always has to be a whipping boy, but, but I don't know if I'm, if I would say right now, if we had to, cause I don't know exactly what the cap situation is. If we had to, wave or trade either Richie or Engvall I, I wouldn't be so quick to say yeah Richie sucks let's keep Engvall because Engvall's as good as he's going to be Richie could be better I don't know new year I, you I never know yeah you never know I think like what it would kind of come down to for me is like what is the return like Engvall I think you could get maybe like a six round draft pick maybe for him probably a seven um, probably a seven teams are like Oh, really weird when it comes yeah to that. if you wave him he's 100 percent being claimed yeah um nick Ritchie though it's like do you think you like a team would give a seventh for him like two like next year as well at two and a half million was what makes it hard mm-hmm. um and i so if it became between having to give up a draft pick to get rid of Ritchie or getting a draft pick to get rid of Enval, that's where it gets to be harder because you're right ryan that uh richie does have more upside than than Engval. Um, well, the decision's going to be made very soon because uh, uh, this year, if 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 a trade is eminent, because like the deadline's not that far away. Yeah, and I think the, we thought like they might have to do the trade even before like yesterday's game, but then Brendan Pridham did his magic and said, like, he oh. did the thing. <laughs> he did the thing. It's like if we put Sand in the miners, then we can activate Marner, and then we can use this emergency call up to get another defenseman, even though we have. <laughs> two and a half million dollar forward in the press box. So I don't know. They, they made it work. I think from my understanding is we can't have both Lilligren and Sandin in the lineup. Yeah. As well as Richie in the press box or Engvall in the pre- press box. Um, but- so Lilypad currently in COVID protocol as of uh, a few days ago. Will he be back for, for Wednesday's game against Edmonton? Do you know? Uh, well, actually if, cause the isolation period is now only five days. That would probably be within five days. Now, I don't think he would have like practiced or anything. I don't know if yeah, the NHL follows, right? If it's the NHL's rules or the CDC's rules, right? Like, I don't know that the NHL it, has to bend to what the CDC. Yeah, does. well, I think the NHL wants to do it 
sooner rather yes. than later. But yes, um, I think I think like they obviously weren't going sooner than the CDC. And now that on Ontario, at least, I don't know about the other provinces, but they they copied the CDC as well. And okay. just said, oh, five day. I mean, it's a little bit of a cop out because it's like, well, <laughs> you get, don't have to isolate after five days, but then wear a mask five days afterwards because like only we don't 5% know. of the time you're still contagious, but 95% of the time you're fine. Nobody knows anything. No, no one knows anything. Uh, we'll be, so, so if you guys had to make the call, if you were... I don't know, it's a Dubis, I guess, that makes that call. If you were Dubis yeah. and Keith in a room and you had to advise them what and, and you had to drop I, I think we would all agree that we'd rather keep McKayev at this point and it's between Engval and, and Richie. If you had to waive them or trade them for peanuts, what, what would be the decision you'd make right now? I think I would I think I would trade Eng, Engval for like a late pick and hold on to Richie. I think that's what I would do. I would I would risk waving Nick Ritchie, uh, because I don't think anyone would pick him up, and that would give us like a month of being able to put him. Because when he's in the minors, that uh, he only has uh, a million and a bit cap hit, so I think it would work. Um, but I don't think anyone would pick him up. And then the way <laughs> the way the season's gone, we're gonna have someone else is gonna get injured. So then, like, then we can bring him up because I think I think that move is what maintains our depth. Because ideally, you get to the playoffs and you want to have as many of these guys as you can. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I, I don't I, know if I would, I don't know ahead. if I would trade him away. Like, let's say you could get future considerations for him. Like just take him off the team and just take the cap space. Um, that is an option. I did see someone on Twitter was posting. We talked about it last year, the way cap space accumulates. Um, so if we traded away Nick Ritchie, we'd have like 1.7 million in cap space. And if no one else got injured until the trade deadline, we could actually fit a $5 million player under the cap for the last month of the season, whatever it works out to be. It's such a weird rule. It's such <laughs> like, a weird why, rule. Do they, why do they do it like that? I don't know. I don't know. But so if you want to say like, oh, we have our eye on like JT Miller, who makes 5 million bucks. It's like we're willing to trade our first and a prospect for him. We just have to make the money work. Maybe they go all in but then the problem with that is like all it takes is an injury and you're in long-term injury reserve and then you're done right so um i i i would do whatever it takes to get nick Ritchie and his cap dollars off the team because i think that in in reality there's a good chance like Engval's not back next year anyway i'm looking at next year right like, yeah no that's I, fair. I, 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 I don't see that much of like a, a playoff boost, right? Like I really want Nick Ritchie on this team in the playoffs. And I think I, I want those dollars back. I just want to mulligan on that. And, but I don't want to give up like a third, fourth round pick. Cause we're seeing how great Dubas is drafting with these third and fourth round guys, right? Like I want to hold on to all these picks, but Topi Nimiella, or how do you say his name? To- Niemela? To- Niemela? Topi? Oh my, I don't actually it's know this. Tim, it's, it's pronounced Nutella. <laughs> 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 what we're referring to is, uh, on the athletics, um, uh, Corey Promen's uh, article of like ranking the Leafs' depth, uh, Nick Robertson, Mister Broken Leg, is no longer the Leafs' best prospect. Tope, Topi Nutella, Nimiala, <laughs> a Finnish defenseman, has now rocketed to the top of this list. Uh, he was our, I think, our third round pick a few years ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he's awesome. And it's not just him either. I know he's the one that's getting all the 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 pop, but the Leafs have some serious talent uh from these late picks 
and that's awesome. Which is what you need. Like you, you watch Tampa and all the success they're having, and then you look down the lineup, and this guy was drafted in the third round. This guy was drafted in the seventh rounds. Like you, you go off the charts, and it's ridiculous how lucky or strategic they've been with those late picks, and it makes a difference, especially when you're not getting those high end first picks because you're winning the President's Trophy every year. So it, it's super important, and it's nice to see that Dubis is is picking wisely these days and apparently nice is matthew nice the guy they got last year in the second round is doing pretty well as well can we talk about the world juniors since we're talking about a bunch of young guns are you uh recovering i'm from so you, upset Steven? i am so upset i'm upset every day about the world juniors being canceled i don't know why you hate it ryan i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I just don't uh, get as into it as I would the Olympics or the Leafs. We can talk about Olympics too, but it's just like, it's mind boggling to me that like, how did no one plan it's for ridiculous. what to do when there's positive tests? I, it's like what I, th- so, so for, for those that aren't familiar, what happened was they did the world juniors, which is the best players from every country under 20 years old going at it. Just hockey old. We're just, we're, who, who's the best. I love it. Happens every year. I probably got into it like three or four years ago. And after I think four or five positive tests after the first few games, they canceled the tournament. They said, we, we were not, first of all, what was bizarre, right? Is there was the, the positive tests on USA. So then they forfeited their game, right? I, nobody okay, saw that coming. Po- it was like, wait, what? Not postponed. Yeah, forfeited. forfeited. Um, and the decision was super shocking to everybody. So what I, because you're, you're right on the surface, it's like, what, how, how do they not have a backup plan? What I think really happened is, you know, the, the, the purpose of doing this is that they're trying to make some money. And when the capacities in the buildings was reduced to 50%, even though viewership was through the roof, the capacities were 50%. And they looked at it and said, we're not going to be able to make that much money on this tournament. We got it. We got to get out of here. I guess. But, but then they were set up for failure because these teams, it wasn't even a bubble situation, right? Like they were in a hotel with other people. Yeah, it's just possible. I don't know. Where it's, they it's, got it, from. it feels like because I, to be honest, I don't really blame them for canning it. Like it's the numbers are so crazy right now, and it's so contagious, and it probably makes sense that they didn't continue with the games. But what's weird to me is if they were planning on canceling the tournament after they get a few cases, anyone could have saw that they were going to get a few cases. Anyone who's not living under a rock, anyway, and they should have just not done it in the first place like if that's what their plan was then they would have said okay we're we know we're only going to get one maybe two games in like what's the point of doing this thing it's it's very weird it is disappointing though canada had a good showing while they were going they won a couple games one kind of looking great yeah Bedard's looking fun yeah yeah so i i don't know it it was fun well last i watched a little bit of it i i felt bad for you steven i know you really get into uh to the juniors and now we can all be sad together that we're also not going to the Olympics. Well, so. I told you guys, I'm not, I'm unemployed. I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> and I'm sitting around and every day I'm like, oh, it would have been a sick day to watch this game, right? Like it would have been Canada again. And uh, uh, yeah, that's it. So I don't know. Sucks. Maybe they'll and do for, it again in the summer. Uh, for speak- what it's worth, the, um, the Leaf prospects who were at the tournament, I think there were three of them. All of them did pretty well, I, I hear. So that's good. Uh, and future Maple Leaf Shane Wright coming out there <laughs> looking hot. Burlington boy. We got to support him. He's going to go first overall in this year's draft. Don't you love it how it's just like it always goes chalk, right? Like you hear the guys and they're like, oh, yep, Shane Wright will go first this year's draft. And he will. And then next year it's like, and Bedard probably will the next year. And he will. Yep. Like, yep. Um, there's, o- there's always some guy that's like, he's number one. He is the best hockey player to be born in. 
don't know what year are they up to 18 well 2004 I'm I'm trying That's to think impressive. of the last the, yeah, the the last time that there wasn't a consensus first overall pick. It was probably the Taylor Hall and Tyler Sagan draft, right? Where like yep. it was up in the air who's going to go first, but otherwise it's it's always the same. But so then uh in the same vein of things getting canceled, so there's no NHL players at the Olympics and some not of a, them aren't happy about it. Not a shock. Yeah, this, so what was what I thought was weird about this is that it feels like a uh a a failure on the reporting that sometimes we we take as fact because for a while, it was seeming like, oh, even if even if they allow NHL players to go, the players aren't going to want to go. And that's what the reporters are telling you, right? Like, you're here and so many guys are not happy with the quarantine requirements and uh, um, just the, the current eh. state of the world. I feel like a lot of that is just the vocal minority. Like, before when, when it was still up in the air, players who like the players who are upset are the ones who are like, Oh, they're going to make us quarantine for this long. And if we catch it while we're there, we're going to have to stay for that much longer. We're upset. We're going to voice our opinion. Now they're not going. So now it's the players who are like, Oh, I wanted to go. I'm all upset. Like it's just the players who are upset who choose to speak out. I think it's good. It's good. They're not going, they shouldn't be going like the, the Olympics shouldn't even be happening. Give me a break, but it will be sad. It, it would have been very, very fun to watch team Canada watch, uh, Tavares and Marner and Riley all clearly making the team and getting those medals. It would have been very fun against uh, Matthews and Campbell on the U S side. You, you could look at this as, at the world juniors though, and say like, that's what's going to happen in, in the Olympics. If, if it even happens, right. We were months away, but things could get very weird. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not too optimistic on uh, them being able to pull this thing off. Um, and I, I don't know how much of it I'm going to watch. I don't know. I love the hockey. Like, this sucks. Um, I, I would yeah. love to see them send the World Juniors kids there, though, right? What, what's wrong with that as being like, like, that's the future of Olympic hockey is that it's the best players under 20. You're still getting good players. For, and, and it'd be a more maybe competitive field every time as well, like for, for the other countries. Um, I don't care about the other countries. I want to win. Well, Canada's still the clear favorite. Like Canada was the clear favorite for the World Juniors. Well, I like seeing Canada beat the piss out of every other country as well. But um, but maybe maybe that's the future because like it just doesn't seem like n- n- none of these other sports are you know sending their athletes in the middle of their season to go play um, a tournament, right? No 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 other no other sports doing this, and so maybe that's the yeah. Well, that's why Hawk the. Hockey should be in the Summer Olympics, right? That's what basketball does. That's why they can make it work with basketball, right? That is true. You're right. Yep. Yep, you're right. So yeah, I don't anyway. know. Kind of a bummer, but um but at least we'll see we'll see if we get closer if we actually do like an Olympic preview pod if we have uh if we recognize the names of any of the guys that are going. We thought about doing it for this week, but it's like it's way too much up in the air at this point. To, begin talking maybe spezza will retire and we'll go play in the olympics well what eric Stahl, he's available don't bring him up (laughs) it is it is insane to me i was thinking about this yesterday it's insane to me that he still is not on a roster this is how eric Stahl. maybe you need to realign your expectations for eric Stahl. (laughs) well it's just that he went from like having a somewhat down year like last year where he spent half of it on buffalo who's essentially an ahl team and yeah, this is not how Eric Stahl's story should end. Uh, bring him back, but where's the list of guys that ended up sitting out? Like you know, thirty-seven-year-old thir- uh, players that sat out a year and then came back the next year. It's short, so 
We'll do an Eric Stahl career uh, recap pod later. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, we will do that pod. But All right. Yeah, Secret bring him back. Topic. Watch out. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, though, thinking about the Olympics, I remember the last time this happened in 2018, uh, there was a handful of former Leafs on that squad because that was the quality of players the Leafs were signing, guys that aren't even in the NHL the next year. Justin <laughs> Pogge. And uh, Scrivens. Scrivens was the goalie. Uh, Mason Raymond was on that team. He was a Leaf for a while. Oh, boy. Uh, who else? I just remember Scrivens, especially. It was like, this guy was a key part of the Maple Leafs team, and now he's not even in the NHL the next year. He's suiting it up for Team Canada. Come on. A dark saw, past. Someone, someone was joking online of like, oh, flip back to uh, 2005 in your time machine at the Justin Pogge for Tuka Rask trade. And say like, oh, what's, uh, what's Justin Pogge going to be doing in 2022? Yeah, he's going to be Team Canada's goal at the Olympics. How about Tuka Rask out of the league? Oh, do the trade. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, well, anyway, uh, you guys want to talk about the upcoming games? Or we got anything else to discuss? Leafs related Oof. in the upcoming games? I guess we do have two games. Yeah. I was thinking it was just going to be one, but Oilers on Wednesday and Colorado on Saturday. Ooh, and big games. Absolutely. So, um, and, and it's, it's the Leafs at home, which is great. No travel. to stay off the planes, guys. I, I don't know. Like, the thing about being at home is there's going to be no fans there. Yeah, so that's that's in place for the next what three weeks, right? I think so. I think they said they're planning for three weeks. So I, that I, sucks that the one time McDavid is in town, no fans. And Zach Hyman's returned to they, Toronto. They were gonna sell out that game, I'm sure. Hmm. I I'll take I'll take whatever shots they make me get to go back to the Scotiabank Arena. I hope I can get back there for it's been too long since I've been at a game there. Well, I would say that there are a few games that I can very confidently pencil in a W, but any game against Edmonton, I always pencil in a W. We we handle them every time, so we'll win against them. And Colorado, uh, they're pretty good. We'll we'll see what. I don't even know what Colorado's like COVID situation is. Maybe half their team is out. I don't even know. We'll probably get some W's. This time. I don't like it that since we've missed all those games, now we're not top of the league anymore. And we're the ones who have played fewer games than everyone else. So yeah, very now, weird. Now we got to start winning again. So we're currently fifth in the league, 44 points. So, you know, looking at the upcoming games, you're right. It's a weird world we're living in right now. And, and, and who knows what these teams are going to look like. The Oilers have been back for a little bit. But yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know what's going on with the Avalanche. But to tie it into the Maple Leafs and the roster, do you guys think... Do you guys think Nick Ritchie sits out uh, more than one of the games this week? Or does he sit out none of the games this week? Uh, I th- well, I think he's definitely playing. I don't think they're going to keep him out for like three games in a row. I think they're, they're going to still try and cycle players in and out. Okay. Um, I could see them doing the exact same lineup as last night uh, against Edmonton. When you win 6 nothing and you play that well... You just don't change anything. It's the same thing with when Keith pulled Hall out for like four games earlier on. He and he said, you know, I wasn't planning on keeping him out that long, but our guys were just playing so well, I mm-hmm. I couldn't break it up. And I think that it's going to be the same kind of thing. So I could see him sitting out against Edmonton, and unless we win that game six nothing too, I would see him coming in for the game against Colorado. I don't think he has plans to keep Richie out for an extended period of time here. I yeah, agree. I mean, it does it does come down to the morale thing as well. Like I'm. I don't know Richie's career, but probably hasn't been healthy scratch too often. Um, okay. Get used to I, it. I, I agree with Ryan, but so let's talk about the back end. Uh, goalies are healthy. 
again, right? You know, you give you give Peter Morazic two weeks off, he's going to be somewhat healthy. Um, <laughs> what happens though? Did uh, you see that groin though? <laughs> I saw. Oh, I no, I saw that groin. Yeah, I saw that go. groin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you do in that. Like, part I, I, of me says you bring Campbell back. You got, you yeah, you just bring him back. Shutout. I think after the shutout, you bring him back, right? But but like, you got to put Morazic in there. So I don't know. But Campbell always no, gets I, a shutout, so you got to give him a break every <laughs> once in a while. I think you put Mrazek in on Wednesday. It's been too long for him. He hasn't played in forever. Uh huh. Okay. I put I put Mrazek in Wednesday. Campbell in Saturday. I don't know. I I, I think I put Campbell. The guy just got a shutout. Put him in again. It's been a few days rest. Then Mrazek. The Senators Colorado. peppered him with fewer shots than he saw in the the warm up. Um, <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> Right, it was like the Senators had like five Easier shots, shots I think, after too. the first period. Holy smokes! Um, yeah, it, was, it was a one-sided tilt. I I'm not gonna pencil in any specific game, but I'll, yeah, Morazic is definitely getting back in this week, and I I hope that they take they they, they give him a little bit of time here because I want to see something out of him. It's yeah, just, it's insane yeah. that we're this far into the season. He's played less than five games. Well, what's crazy is the amount of time we have left in this season is almost the entirety of what last season was. You still have 50 games left. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. So it's, the season's not almost over here. Like even though it's it's felt like it's gone on for a while, we still have a lot of runway left. And we'll be able to see what Morazic is before the end of the year, mm-hmm. unless he gets injured again, which isn't that <laughs> unlikely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's good to have the Leafs back. It was weird not having them around for this long. Boring. What did you guys do in your time, uh, uh, like 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 without having the Leafs in your life? You guys pick up any weird habits or what was going on with you? <laughs> Nothing too, nothing exciting. At least I would just stare at the Leafs cat friendly page and think of brighter days. Uh, I've been <laughs> watching a handful of Star Wars movies, uh, and then I also got into two documentaries about rock climbing or like climbing mountains. Have you ever climbed a mountain? No. And Haley, Haley knows me and how active I am, and she's like, "Please don't start doing that." <laughs> she's like, "Please don't start." Uh, Is that some kind of metaphor for the Leafs? <laughs> I yeah I watched Free Solo and The Alpine the The Alpinist which are both on Netflix and I would recommend both of them get watched and then I watched a couple other ones that aren't that good I wasn't paying that close attention so anyway there's your official Leafcasts rock climbing recommendation (laughs) well if that's what happens with the Leafs take two weeks off and I'm trying to not get the Rona and staying home and I end up turning on these weird friggin documentaries and. All right, so we'll see. See next. We'll try and record next Sunday. Assuming the Leafs actually play games this week, we'll try and uh, record an episode. Uh, looking forward to it. Don't jinx it, Allison. Don't jinx it. The Leafs are playing two games this week, and they're winning two games. Four points. Start the streak. <laughs> Love it. You McKay have two goals. Cobra strike. Love it. That was good.